Hey everyone, Lola here. I just wanted to let you know that we have an exciting giveaway with Southwest Airlines going on through Monday, October 31st, right in time for the holidays. All you have to do is rate, subscribe to, and review our podcast, The Latina Advocate, and follow the instructions on the Instagram post from Monday, October 24th. That's literally it. Our Instagram account is at L-O-L-A-S-O-P-H-I-A, B as in boy, O, B as in Victor, E-L-L. Do that and you'll have a chance to win a $50 gift card from Southwest Airlines. Get your travel on and support our podcast as we empower our communities together. Every person I've ever met cares deeply about something, whether it be women's rights, access to the voting booth, the freedom to believe in a God or the universe, even their child's education. And oftentimes when advocating for these causes, people find themselves depleted, full stop. Is it possible for us to create the world of our ideals from a place of lack? Well, what if we flip the script? What if we can shift our focus from what we don't want to what we do want? What if we can create the world we want from a place of joy, and love instead. Finding the nuance in this shift is a lifetime practice, and that is what this podcast is here to discuss and investigate. My name is Lola Sofia Bovell, and I am the host of the Latina Advocate Podcast. Today's episode is with the delightful Sarah Robinson of the Real Estate Robinsons. You'll hear the story in the episode, but we actually met at a short-term rental conference she and her husband were hosting, and she had such an authentic and loving energy to her that I just had to invite her on the show. In this episode, we talk about what it takes to start in the short-term rental sphere and what it takes to be successful. But we also talk about creating space for women in the real estate investing world and the realities of balancing an ambitious career with having children. It is an honest, informative, and inspiring conversation, and I can't wait for you to take a listen. Enjoy. Hello, friends. Quick disclaimer. Just wanted to let you know that pregnancy loss does come up in our conversation briefly about halfway through the episode and wanted to make sure that you were aware of that. Thanks so much. Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome to episode six of the Latina Advocate podcast. I'm your host, Lola Sofia Bovell, here with the amazing and fantabulous Sarah Robinson, who I actually met recently at the short-term rental summit that she and her husband hosted. And I just wanted to just dig in with her because she just was such an impressive and inclusive person. So mind you, okay, just to give you a little, all a little context in the audience. I was the only person in this huge auditorium with a baby. And Sarah actually made a point to call me out and say, oh my goodness, it's so impressive to go to a summit with a baby. And I don't even know exactly what she said, honestly, because I wasn't even in the room. I was probably changing a diaper or something up in, in the hotel room at that moment. But people told me about it afterwards. And just her energy was wonderful. So I really hope to highlight women in these spaces. Sarah, um, so excited to have you on. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so, so much for having me. I'm honored and excited to be a part of this awesome podcast. So thank you so much. Yes. Yes. So Sarah, could you maybe just start out with telling folks a little bit about you, about the work that you're doing right now, what you're doing on social media, what you're doing with real estate, short-term rentals, et cetera. Yes. So I am Sarah Robinson. I am 31 years old. I'm a short-term rental investor and YouTuber. Um, I am up to almost 30 um, single family units. Um, and it's not, yeah, it's not just myself. It's me and my husband. Um, we've created this brand around what we do called the real estate Robinsons, uh, shameless plug. So if you guys haven't checked us out on YouTube, we're at the real estate Robinsons and along with other partners, we've been able to scale very, very quickly. Um, we are so appreciative, um, of this 
the partnerships because we would not have been able to scale as quickly as we have been without our amazing partners um, in the space. So uh, we started, I would say a year and a half coming up on two years now. And it's just been a wild, wild roller coaster. Now I'm on freaking podcasts like yours, <laughs> getting asked questions about what we do. So it's just been such a wild um, ride. And I love sharing our journey, which is why we started our YouTube channel, just to inspire others that there's other ways to live life besides what we're trained to do with how society makes us believe we have to make money and make a living, which is go to college, find a nine to five, stay there until you're in your sixties, you know? So sorry, I just rambled a lot, but Hey guys, that's me. <laughs> I'm a talker. That's wonderful. I hear that, you know, because I, that's, I feel like that's what I did really, you know, kind of check yeah. the check the boxes, right? It's like, okay, you graduate from high school. Okay. Going to college going, you know, I went to law school. You don't have to go to law school, but you know, it's just checking the boxes. And then it's like, wait, I'm an attorney and I'm in these policy spaces and most people are unhappy. So it's time yeah. to kind of flip the script a little bit, you know? So totally. I love that. So great. If you are checking those boxes, because those are like goals you set for yourself and you feel so good and proud of yourself, you know, and I'm sure you make your family proud for checking these boxes, but that the key point is what you said at the very end. Most people are not most many people are very unhappy. You get to the end of this rainbow that you think is going to be all, you know, perfect. And it's like, shit, I just worked so hard, checked all these boxes for the last 20, 30 years. And why am I not feeling fulfilled? So that yep. is where Tony and I were feeling Yeah, uh, we all of these boxes of, uh, waiting to get married for so long because we had to go to college and save up and get careers first. And we did everything, but we both were still not super crazy about what we were doing in life, you know? So yeah, that, that's kind of where we decided to start real estate. You know what I have to say, like round of applause to you all, right? Because, you know, it takes courage to kind of step out of the norm and do something a little different. I actually just recently read a, a book called The Third Door, and it, it talks about this a little bit where, you know, there's the first door, like you're thinking about going to a nightclub, right? The first door is to get in anyways, you know, there's a long line to get in, right? And everyone kind of waits their turn and, you know, it's going to take a really long time. And then you have the second door where you have all the VIPs getting in right? And it's, you know, someone that was either born into it or celebrities, but there's actually a third door. And so that third door is actually around, uh, you know, the back of the nightclub and you have to kind of maybe bang on the window and maybe have the, the person working in the back let you in. But that way you don't actually have to work in this, you know, or be in this really long line and be really unhappy or be really cold if it's cold outside or something like that, <laughs> waiting to get into this club. So I feel like what you and Tony have done have, is create your own third door. And I feel like that's what I'm doing right now. And it's just, I don't know. I really admire what you, what you two have built already. I mean, you said it's only been two years, 30 properties. I mean, that's insane. And you all have become industry leaders, right? Tell us about your original track. You mentioned college, you mentioned, you know, so what, what was Sarah's dream when she was in high school and how did she get to this point? First of all, I am going to read that book as soon as I'm done with this podcast. <laughs> love that analogy. And the fact that it's a club, you know, love the <laughs> analogy. <laughs> I'm a club girl, so, so I got to read the book. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Sarah, back in high school, I think like true, like my breast, my best friend just told me recently, like she was like, I don't know if you remember, but when we were in middle school, you used to say that you wanted to be famous. And I was like, I, I did, I don't remember that. And I think I lost that. Um, I don't even remember saying that, you know? Mm. So as I got older, I started to lose that um, dream, I guess. And then as I graduated from high school, I remember feeling so much stress about like, oh my God, I need to know what I'm doing next. Uh, I, I come from a foreign household. My dad came from Iran. My mom came from Mexico. Um, they both worked their asses off to provide the lives that we had, which were great lives. 
Um, and I just, like I said earlier, we want to make our parents proud. You know, I don't want to let them down. So I was like, I know I need to go to college and get a really good career and make really good money and then take care of my parents eventually, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was just confused. I remember on what I should be doing after high school. So I went to community college, um, and I, I intentionally went to a community college one. I didn't apply for <laughs> any other college. Cause I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, you know? So I was like, sure. let me see what I do in a JC first. And, um, I decided there that I wanted to focus on psychology and do something with children. Aww. So I did that for two years and then, um, went into uh, a Cal state. And then from there, I realized, actually, I don't want to do psychology. It was kind of too emotionally um, intense. You know, I'm like, holy shit, I, I, I connect with people a lot. I think that's one of my skills. So yeah. to, to make that my job every day and dealing with like so much of like people's traumas, I was just like, I don't, and I'm a very naturally like happy and positive person. Sure. So although I, I want to help people, I was like, I can't imagine like making that my everyday life, you know, having to help people get, you know, through their trauma. So I pivoted and I was like, I think I want to be famous again. Yes. <laughs> so I, yeah. So I started to have the courage to believe that and, and put it out in the universe. I was like, so I good. can do this. Yeah. So I, I pivoted my degree and went into broadcast journalism and I did that Makes with sense. the intention. <laughs> yeah. I did that with the intention of become my dream was to be like an e-news girl on the red carpets and interviewing celebrities and being at those events. So that's what I did. Um, I graduated and got jobs with um, CBS, iHeartRadio, um, worked on a ton of TV shows and concerts, but uh, it's tough in that industry. You have to like really work your way up. So I, I was in that space, I think for six years. And now at this point, it's putting me in my mid to later twenties mm -hmm. and I'm starting to think, oh shit, maybe it's not going to happen. And I started to, and then during that time, you're not getting paid very well, mm. you know, it's, it's low pay. Um, but you're in the space that you want to be in, um, most, I don't know if this goes for a lot of industries, but most of my bosses were awful, treated me oh. like just awful, you know? Yeah. So just that alone. So you you're getting paid like shit, you're getting treated like shit and you're not getting promoted, you know? So, uh, I had a moment and Tony, on the other hand, um, who's for those of you guys that don't know, that's my husband. Um, he went into a different direction. Um, uh, he majored in, uh, business administration and quickly escalated in his industry. Um, mm. So I was comparing myself a lot, you know, I was like, oh, yeah. oh like here I am making this much. I haven't gotten promoted, but I like what I'm doing. And then here's my boyfriend at the time who is just like killing it, making like triple quadruple as much as I am um, and getting promotion after promotion. So I started to lose hope again of that famous, like my dream of just like telling the world my story. And, you know, so again, I felt low and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I don't know what my purpose is. What am I here to do? So I left that industry and got uh, a job at a nonprofit um, in the event space, which is what I, that's what I did for iHeartRadio and stuff. So I was very confident in that role. It was a promotion. Um, I was there for, I'd say less than a year. And Lola, I'm telling you, I was miserable at this job. Oh, okay. So I thought my bosses would improve. I thought it was just like an industry thing, but my bosses here sucked. Oh, um, I got goodness. paid a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I got paid a little bit more. And, um, I just was super unfulfilled and I expressed this to Tony. Like I, I would literally just be like crying at work every day, like lost in life. Like, what am I supposed to do? Why am I feeling so unfulfilled? I checked these boxes and yeah. I'm still unhappy. 
So that is right when Tony started investing, he started to, um, you know, read all the real estate books, listen to the podcasts. And I think I was just in such a funk, like, whoa, me, why, why haven't I figured out what I'm supposed to do in life? And Tony has just always been such an ambitious person. So while he was slaving away at his job, he was still trying to find a way to not make that his forever, you know? So he, he started to get into real estate. And then when he decided to start investing, he was too busy in his senior level position to actually run this new uh, side thing he wanted to start. And mm -hmm. I would complain, to, here I am complaining to him every day. And he's the one that encouraged me to leave my job and come into what he's starting to um, do full throttle and really take a leap of faith and put our everything into this. And that is how I got roped into all of this. And while um, starting this real estate journey, I kind of tied in my interest and I was like, I would love to start a YouTube channel and film our journey. How and gorgeous. it just like the, the stars aligned for both of us. Um, we both listened to what we truly wanted as individuals and came together perfectly to complement each other in the real estate business and in, in the media side on YouTube and social, which is where I thrive. So it's just crazy girl, the way we both listened to what we wanted to do in life. And, and like you said, had the courage to pursue that. I'm sorry. That was a lot of talking, but <laughs> that's great. No, that was like, I mean, I feel like that not only was that inspiring, but it's a true lesson in being in alignment with who you are, because you are still able to do the things that you want to do. I mean, I would gather that a huge reason why you all are so successful right now and you're able to have these huge events that you're now starting to do more and more often is mm -hmm. because of your background in journalism in communications right. right we were talking offline just a few minutes before we, we started recording and you were saying oh yeah we can you know you could just kind of take a clip of this you know you you know this recording and put it on youtube and and i'm thinking to myself okay i have to learn all of this stuff but this stuff <laughs> is already kind of natural for you and it's it's yeah. just been a wonderful opportunity so this kind of is a perfect segue to my next question sarah because i was wondering how you and tony do it and you do it you know and and you're happy together and, and i noticed actually one of your posts recently kind of alluded to this too but some people can't work together. Some couples can't work together. They would kill each other. And yeah. some couples, they make it work. And it seems like you two are not only just making it work, you're killing it. And so I'm just wondering if you could share a little bit about your experience, you know, working. Uh, and I wouldn't say necessarily, I mean, I don't know, you, you can tell me better, but it doesn't seem like maybe it would be full time, but you're literally your investment in your projects are hundred percent together. And so I'm sure you're spending a lot of time together what are the best parts of that? And what are some of the biggest challenges that you've come across? Oh, that's a great question. And, you know, I think because we do do this together, we do attract a lot of couples, you know, that come to us for different reasons, either a, um, we're doing this together and you guys are such an inspiration or B uh, my spouse isn't on board. How did you get Sarah on board? You know, those are the <laughs> two most common feedbacks we get from people, but, um, I think so uh, back it up, Tony and I, we're 31 years old. We've been together since we were 16 years old. So we started our real estate journey just two years ago. So we were best friends. We were boyfriend and girlfriend. We've been all of that before we were business partners. So I think just having that insane foundation, um, is, is just bound to make you great business partners in my opinion. Um, but I do get a lot of couples that come up to me and say, it just isn't working. Like we want to kill each other. It's so stressful. How do you guys do it? And yeah. for us, I, I don't know why it just came so organically to work together. Um, I think we value what each of us bring to the table tremendously. Like we are constantly, um, giving each other credit where it's due. 
we both work very hard in totally se- separate ways. Yeah. And, and that's another thing. I think we both give each other the autonomy to completely own the side of the business. Yeah. Um, like I, I completely do operations, guest communication, setting up the property design. He literally does not step on my toes, ask me about it. He completely wholeheartedly trusts and supports me to do that. And same with him. I know nothing about the lending, about the taxes, about insurance, any of that. He does all of that. I don't question him. I give him a high five when he locks in the next property and we pass on the baton to each other when it's time for the next one of us to, to, to do what we got to do. So I think just clearly knowing our roles as partners, respecting each other as partners and supporting each other as business partners, you know, like we got to look at each other as coworkers. We like laugh and we're like, man, isn't it crazy that we're like actually coworkers now, you know? And I think just identifying when you need to turn off that coworker screen that you guys are looking at each other at and then say, Hey, we need, we need a second. Let, let's step away. Let's just be husband and wife for the next hour, the next day, you know? And we're really, really, really good about that too. We are I think busier than we've ever, like think of the last 10 years combined, we have never been as busy as we are these last two years. So we are very, very good about taking a step back and saying, Hey, we're, we're being too much of coworkers right now. We need to chill out a little bit go away and like come back to earth and be husband and wife. So we're going um, to Mexico uh, this Friday. So Ooh. yeah. So I think, yeah, it's just like a combination of things, uh, trusting each other, giving each other the space and encouragement, um, hearing each other out, uh, giving your guys' uh, business a break and focusing on your relationship. I think that is like the best advice I can give any couple looking to be partners. And if you don't want to be partners or if you guys tried it and it's not working, it's okay. Not right. everybody, not every couple is meant to be business partners. The, Tony and I are, are one couple. Not everybody's the same. Not everybody has the same characteristics that are going to translate well as business partners. So don't look at Tony and Sarah and say, why can't we do what Tony and Sarah are doing? Not every couple is meant to be business partners. So don't beat your husband up. Don't beat your wife up if you guys don't have this awesome dynamic duo as business partners, because maybe you guys just don't have the characteristics characteristics that match well as business partners. Oh, that's so great. I mean, you all are such an inspiration. I, I think what it comes down to from, you know, from what you've said, one of the main themes that I'm hearing is, I mean, there's a really a, a solid clarity between the roles that you all play and trust, right? And then Absolutely. also the other piece of it, and I didn't even ask this, but you, you kind of you basically said it was you maintain really good boundaries. I mean, so you're, you're busy you do that, but you know, anytime you kind of see, you know, the work life starting to creep in a little too much, you kind of like, okay, you know, we need to really set time to really be together as a couple and just remember what it's, you know, what it's to be like, you know, just being husband and wife, which is beautiful too. Yeah. You know, one, one, I'm not a huge reader. Um, Tony's like a bookworm, but one book that he really pressed me to read was the five love languages uh, early on in our relationship. And I I would highly recommend it, even if you're not a bookworm like me, um, listen to the audiobook. But it is such a, a valuable tool to have to know and understand your significant other's love language, the way they receive it and give it. And I think that has worked a lot for us too, is knowing what he needs to feel loved and his are words of affirmation and acts of service. So mm. when we're busy, we haven't talked all day. I will cook him breakfast, bring it up to him, um, fill up his water bottle, do things no. like that. When I know we can't talk, give him, like I said, give him a high five, give him credit when I know he's had a long day and my love language is, um, quality time and touch. So even though he's busy, he will come down and make sure he sits with me on the couch for 15 minutes, hugs and kisses me before meeting you know? So I think also just knowing each other's love languages can really go a long way as business partners. Oh, that's so wonderful. I was going to ask you what yours are. And so you have different ones too, which I think is interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you really go out of your way to make sure that the other person's needs are met. 
Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. All right. So for those folks that maybe aren't uh, in, you know, maybe such an ideal situation in terms of dynamics for, for being business partners, let's talk about women. And that's one of the main, actually, inspirations I had when I, when I met you and uh, to invite you to be on the podcast, because I feel like real estate, just like a lot of areas, is a very male-dominated industry, and women are more and more, you know, getting into this industry but there may be some women out there that their husbands or their partners may not be as interested in it. And so what would you say to women in particular in terms of them, if, if any women out there that want to get involved in this industry and for you all in particular, and for you, I'll say Sarah in particular, you know, why is real estate at this point a main source of wealth generation for you? I'll answer that one first. So why is it a main source for us? I think it's because um, we tried so much. I mean, one thing about me and Tony is we are, we aren't afraid to try different things. So I've tried think my friends make fun of me because of all of the different jobs I've had in the last 10 years, I'm not afraid to quit and start over and try different things. Tony also. So both of us, between the both of us, we've tried, like, I seriously should make a video about all the different things we've tried. Um, and we, one constant, um, denominator was that we still were unhappy and we were still, still feeling unfulfilled until Mm -hmm. we tried real estate. Um, it is checking every single box for us. And I think the reason for that is we truly have complete control of our time. That is a huge one for me, um, having control of our time. Um, and I think having an impact on others, I know, I know we have our platform, like our social media pages and YouTube, but even aside from that, like I, before we became the real estate Robinsons, like us having one or two houses inspired the hell out of our inner circle of our family and friends and motivated them to look at that third door option. Yeah. So I, I think just that fuels us so much. So I think that is why we've loved um, investing in real estate and have decided to make this our, our bread and butter and, and go full throttle in real estate. Um, and as far as women in the space. I I completely agree with that. And honestly, I, I personally don't think I would be in real estate without Tony. Mm. I don't, I don't think I would have decided to do this on my own. Um, I'm not obsessed with real estate. (laughs) I'm obsessed with what it brings to our life and how it allows us to live life. But girl, I'm still very confused with the loans and the interest rates. That's still very, very confusing stuff for me. But there is so many like badass women that I've met that are doing this alone, that they are the driving force in the relationship. They are making multi-million dollars in the space by themselves and, or like you, you're coming to a freaking conference with a baby. <laughs> like I, th- that to me is so, so more inspiring than me and my husband starting something. I love, and am so inspired by single women or, or not just single, but women taking control of this real estate space. Because like you said, we don't really see that. And I think that is like, oh my God, they can't do that. Or, or like me, I felt like I couldn't do it, but then there comes Lola with a four month old baby, you know, (laughs) proving the world wrong. So I, I salute you and all the women that are kind of taking the, the lead like Tony did for me, because, um, you guys are inspiring way more people. So I love you oh, for that. That's so sweet. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. By the way, just wanted to make sure I gave credit where credit is due. The third door, it's by author Alex Banayan. Um, so I just wanted to kind of put that out there. It's a great book, but uh, really appreciate just the, the kudos. Yeah. And, and, and also want to put out very, very strong, lots of love for my partner, Daniel. So he allows me to do all these things. And I feel like I empathize with what you were saying, Sarah, 
in terms of you just starting things and if it doesn't work out then going to the next thing but just not being afraid to start over and i think especially being an attorney i mean i can always go back and be practicing and not practicing at any time that i want yeah um, but especially when you you know put so much time and money totally. into an education uh, it can be really scary to say, you know what, I don't really want to do this anymore. And I want to yeah. change paths. And so, you know, again, just kudos. But I feel like I, I do empathize with you. And I do hope more women get involved in this space. I think, you know, I'm, I don't know if you would call me a feminist, or I, I you know, I would say I self identify as a feminist, but I know, you know, sometimes that can be kind of a loaded word. And what does even what does feminism even mean? There's lots of different definitions. But I just think it's really important for women to own property. Women didn't have the opportunity to own property until Absolutely. recently in a lot of states. And so anything that, you know, I can do to help encourage women to get more involved in the space, I, I definitely want to do. And, and that's, again, a huge reason why I wanted to chat with you today, Sarah, because you're, you are an inspiration and you're also extremely inclusive which meant the world to me. Again, it was a little like, I was like, I have a four month old, you know, and I'm <laughs> breastfeeding and I'm going to go to this conference and my four year old is with my partner in Arizona, but I'm going to somehow make this work. So, you know, you, you just, you make it work. Like, okay. Just so we can break it down for people. It was, it was our event, the STR summit in Newport beach. Um, I'm walking out of the elevator with Tony to walk to our <laughs> event. Like this is the first time we're walking over. Lola was the first person we ran into in the hallway on the way to the conference room. And I don't remember what we said to each other, but you said something like, Hey guys. And we're like, Oh my God, are you here for the summit? And who, what was your baby's name? Uh, her name is Daniela. Daniela. She, so Lola and Daniela, she was all casual. Like she doesn't just have a baby on her. <laughs> she was like, yeah, I'm here for the event. I was like, are you kidding me? So um, I, I don't know if you knew this about me, Lola, but I had just gone through a miscarriage that week prior. So I, I literally will cry talking about this, but it was just oh. so inspiring to see you there. I felt like it was um, a, uh, sorry. It's still a touchy subject for me, but it was so, uh, beautiful. Like I was going through something internally and had to put on this brave face in front of 300 people. And the first person I saw was you with a four month old baby. And I just felt like it was a sign, uh, from God that was telling me it's going to happen and I will still be doing what I'm doing. And this is my moment to just keep at it and everything will happen. But yeah, I don't know if you knew that, uh, but it was just kind of like a, a shocker for me. I was like, Whoa, is this, it felt like a sign from the universe. You know, I was like, what the heck? The first person I meet at our event is this woman by herself with a baby. I think as women, we just always, feel like we have to put our careers and dreams aside when you have children. Mm -hmm. And that was always one of my biggest fears. I've just always been a hustler. I never envisioned myself just being a mom. Like I know that's a beautiful role, but I never wanted to limit myself to just be a mom. And I think yeah. that's why I've waited to have children. I'm like, I was, I've been always so ambitious to find my thing in life. I didn't want to settle down with a kid. And uh, Tony always tells me like, you don't have to settle down. Why do you think that way? But I come from a Latina background and all of my cousins, once they had babies is that's what they did. They were moms and had babies, you know? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it was so, so I hope you don't take it lightly. It was so beautiful and magical in that moment for me to watch you walk to our event by yourself with a baby. So yeah, you have Aww. no idea how much that meant to me. Sarah, that's so beautiful. I feel like we were definitely meant to connect. It's like, it's just so, yeah. so apparent. And I do remember when you shared on your social media that you had had a miscarriage and I really felt like that was just extremely brave and beautiful because that's something that clearly you don't need to share. Yeah. And your social media is very, very public, but by giving a voice to this issue, right? you're basically normalizing it because what is it like one in four women wind up having right. miscarriages. Right. And so it's very, very normal. It happens all the time. Um, but we need to break the silence on that. Right. So people can, totally. so women can talk about these issues. And so by doing that, you were that vessel and it was just 
uh, I remember, I, I think I actually commented on it, but I was just thought it was just really amazing that you were willing to, to talk about that. And especially again, you know, you're not communicating this on a, on a traditionally female oriented platform. I mean, we're talking about, mm-hmm. and even, you know, in terms of themes, like you speak to short-term rentals, you, you know, that's the industry you're working in. You're, you're doing, you're a real estate investor. So yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it took a lot of courage to really do that. So, I mean, the inspiration right back at you, you know, I'm, I'm just <laughs> so proud to know you and, and it will happen for you. And it's, yeah. and you're going to be able to do all the things you want to in terms of your career. And I think that's kind of the same thing that I embody too. It's like, yeah, yeah I, I want to be a mother and I want to do totally. all of these other things. So, um, and that's why I did that. I think, you know, I wanted to, talk about that because yeah, we're trying to build this empire of, of short-term rentals, but at the same time, we're trying to build a freaking family, you know, yes. and I, we're so transparent with our business side that I want to share that part of our, of our uh, personal side as well as like, I know, you know, a lot of people that follow us are kind of in that same age range of life. And we're all kind of in this weird, you know, we're millennials we're, that we don't want to uh, be stuck in the workplace and we trying to branch out and do other things. So I just felt like I want to say this, um, for anybody else that might connect in this way. And like you said, so many, even men reached out to me and were like, my wife and I just went through this. And yeah, it was really sweet that so many people that follow me for short-term rentals resonated with something totally unrelated to short-term rentals. (laughs) And that shows that there's a need, right? Yeah. Um, And again, and I do think you have just a, a really beautiful energy about you that does connect with people. And so, again, to use that for such an important topic is is really wonderful. Um, That's right. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna shift gears because I know uh, you know when I did our my my preview of like I'm gonna be interviewing Sarah <laughs> yeah. Robinson, people were like so excited to hear about short term rentals as well, right? So. Um, just a couple questions on the business side of things. So there are lots of different ways to get involved in Airbnbs and vacation rentals. And uh, I mean, that was a topic in the STR summit, which huge plug, by the way, it's amazing. And you should go the yes. next one's in Orlando and I'm going. Are you? Yeah, I am. I am. I'm, going. So, I'm excited. so excited. Yeah. Cause I mean, one of the things that I, this is top topic, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but one of the things that I felt like was the best part, I mean, there was just so much that was good, but one of the best parts of the, the summit was just the people there and the ability, just like the, the networking and everyone was so open. It was just, I have never been to a conference and I've been to lots of conferences. I've never been to a conference where like everyone was just like, so wanting to get to know each other and open. And it was just, the energy was great. And you know what? The energy doesn't come just by itself. The energy comes from the people leading. And so I think that says a lot about you and, and Tony and the environment that you were willing to create. So just putting that out there, but um, I'm Thank sure you'll you. do a plug for it, but, <laughs> but I wanted to uh, just kind of give it a plug too. It, it's really Thank a great event. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. You. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah, what is what do you think is so? There's lots of different ways to get involved in short-term rentals. There's uh, Airbnb arbitrage, uh, which I'm sure you can explain. There's the co-hosting. There's actually buying the properties. What would you say, based on your experience now, for someone that's just starting out, what is the best way to to enter into the short-term rental space? Great question. Um, so just about our personal business strategy, we've never done arbitrage or co-hosting. So Mm -hmm. I feel like it's uh, unfair for me to speak on those two without having personal experience. Um, So all of ours we own, um, we don't own a hundred percent of the property. We, like I said, we've been able to scale so quickly by leveraging partnerships. Um, So, but yes, we own all of a percentage of all of the properties. Whereas arbitrage is, you know, you, you get a lease at a apartment complex, and then you sublease that out, um, you know, as a short-term rental on Airbnb and Verbo. And then co-hosting is when you are pretty much uh, like property manager for somebody and getting paid a percentage um, to manage that property. So I haven't done either, but we have a lot of friends in the space that do both and both are insane, like killing it in the space, you know? So if Mm -hmm. I think 
if you don't have a lot of capital to get started and actually like acquire the property, like we're, we're doing, I would say arbitrage, I would say co-hosting is probably the best way, like zero money down because you are just property managing for someone. And that person you're doing it for is putting everything up front. So they're furnishing the place. They're buying all the toiletries. They're doing everything. You're pretty much just like project managing and property managing once it's up and running. So if you have zero money, you want to get your feet wet in the space and really see if you want to save a bunch of money to then buy your own property. I would say co-hosting is probably step number one for you. If you want to take it up a notch and you have some money, but not a ton of money to put for like a down payment and closing costs, step number two would be doing arbitrage. So that is, like I said, if you lease out a house or an apartment complex, uh, a couple of units there, and then you sign a lease and then now you do have the space, but more than likely it is empty. So now you have to pay to furnish the space. So again, that, that, that's a cost you have to cover. And then all of the replenishments of cleaning products and toiletries that comes out of your pocket. So you do need some capital there, but yeah, I think if I were a rookie rookie had zero money, I would start co-hosting. Um, you can get a great taste of what the Airbnb industry is like doing it that way. Um, but you are at the mercy of, you know, the, the owner of the property, you know, you're kind of like an employee to that person. And then arbitrage, um, is a little scary for us personally, because you're at the mercy of the owner of the property as well. Like I just like terrifies me. I know you have to get contracts in place, but it just makes me so nervous <laughs> that someone can, you know, sell the property to someone else. And now this new owner comes in and it's like, Hey, we don't agree with the terms you set in place, whatever. But yeah, I would say co-hosting arbitrage and acquiring. So that is the process I personally would take if I was a rookie and low on capital. Uh, do you all use any co-hosts for your properties to help manage your properties? So we went up to 16 properties. Um, I was completely self-managing myself, like literally wow. just me by myself. Um, it was too much. I started to become very overwhelmed and I had to be glued to my phone to respond mm -hmm. to all of these messages and stuff. So at that point we decided it was critical for us to expand our team and hire an operations manager. Um, oh. yeah. And then under our operations manager, we've hired three virtual assistants to handle all of the guest communication, like day-to-day -day operations. And if those three virtual assistants can't, um, handle anything that a guest is asking they will escalate it to the operations manager. If she can't figure it out, then she will reach out to me. I'm, I'm like the last person in line to be brought this issue up with, but, um, that's an internal team. It's not a property manager, you know? Yeah. So. That's great. Creating that yeah. internal team, I'm sure has taken a lot off of you. And I remember when I asked Tony a question during the summit, it was kind of along those lines. So I have two uh, Airbnbs right now. And, you know, one of the things that I've been a little nervous about is, is leaving. So I live in Arizona right now, but I've been thinking about moving back to Florida. That's where all my family is. And that's why I'm going to the Orlando summit to meet oh, cool. uh, a lot of the folks in the industry that are over there. But, uh, you know, it was about letting go because I, I do everything. And I mean, I, except clean, I have, I have a, a cleaning team, but you know, I always nitpick after the cleaning team leaves, I, you know, any kind of last little issues that are, you know, going on, anything that I see that isn't perfect. I write personalized notes. You know, I was telling Tony, I was like, I, I don't, I don't think anyone's going to do it. No one's going to care as much as I do. Right. And so I'm going to put all this personalization into it. So if I leave, I'm just worried, you know, my rankings are going to tank and it's just not going to be the same. And he was just like, is there anything that you're doing that you can't pay someone else to do? That was his question back to me. And I was like, oh, I guess, you know, <laughs> that but, guy uh, <laughs> asks you a question. He never gives you the answer. He makes you do the work. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it was so, it was, it was, I mean, I get it, but I feel like you all have done that beautifully, you know, and it's a process of, of letting go. Right. And that's how, what allows you to scale. So you all have done that really well, clearly. Um, actually we have not done it very well, Lola. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a process. So, okay, okay. so I was the same way as you. I had a very, I was so proud of this portfolio we built. 
I yeah. had killer reviews. We were killing it. I, I took so much pride in the guest communication, how we set up the properties. And I thought the same exact way. I was like, no one is going to do it. Like I do it. No one's right. going to care as much as I do. No one's going to respond as quick as I will. You know, no one's going to make it as personable as I do. And they don't. And I truly believe that they still don't. They respond right. in ways that I'm like, oh, why did they say that? I, I wouldn't have said that or, you know, but at the end of the day, what is more important to me and what Tony has been preaching to me is that what is more important to me is giving myself that time and freedom of not having to be glued and at the mercy of these guests 24 seven and being able to truly scale and put my time in things that are more important or is it having that um, control over this aspect of the business? And our reviews have tanked ever since letting go. Wow. So be prepared. If you do decide, just know it, it's a struggle. Um, I think we, we let go. So we're, I think, yeah, I was 16 properties when we decided to hire on, but I started to feel super overwhelmed. I would say by property number eight, and mm -hmm. I still held on until eight properties later. I was that stubborn. I was like, no, no one's going to do it. <laughs> no one is going to do it. Like I do it. Um, but I, looking back now, regret that I didn't let go sooner, sooner. Mm -hmm. sooner. Um, like at the end of the day, people are still booking, even though our reviews tanked, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, like our properties are still there. Nothing is caught on fire. Guests haven't gotten hurt. Like we're still making money. And I was just such a control freak because this was my baby. These were my properties. I worked so hard on them. Yeah. But um, now I very, very rarely have to deal with the guests because I've got this amazing team that I've trained up to do um, wh what they know how to do. And it's growing pains. You know, they're, they're going to have questions and mess up every now and then. That's fine. That's like any business. But I think giving them the freedom, just like Tony gives me the freedom to do what I do, I give him the freedom to do what he does is the, if you really want to scale, you need to grow an awesome team and it's just natural with any business to have those growing pains, but you need to let go and just trust the process because there are more valuable things that you can put your time into. Yeah. I think I needed that answer. Um, you know, it really helped not, me feel a little yeah, bit not better. Not what Tony said, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Cause I get it, you know, but it's just kind of like the reality. It's the, it's almost the emotional human aspect of it. Right. It's like A thousand percent. Yeah that's going to happen. And, you know, they're not going to care as much, but you know, what at the end of the day is your you know, priority and it's right. your freedom, right? It's your happiness. Absolutely. So I was like glued right. to my phone, you know, with, with yeah. that many properties. I remember I was going to my sister's bachelorette party, um, in Vegas for the weekend. And she was so annoyed with me because I legitimately needed to have my phone on me, notifications on constantly yep. responding. And you can't unplug, especially when it's your business. Like there isn't no clock in and clock out, you know? So right, just right. hiring a team to assist you, even if it's just like from, you know, 12 to eight, giving you the morning to yourself, you know, but, um, just giving yourself the freedom to, to hire things out that you of things that can be hired out. Yes. Yes, for sure. So I see, I'm looking at the time and I know we're getting close to, to an hour, but I have two more questions and I really want to get them out. So I'm going to, I'm going to try my best out here. One of the things, so in the space that I come from in more of this kind of progressive advocacy space, uh, people talk a lot about housing issues, right? And um, the fact that there isn't enough housing for people and rents are going up and there's, there's a, some negativity around short-term rentals. And I know you've talked about this too in, in your social media platforms. And so I'm, I'd like to just kind of dig into it just a little bit about any kind of ethical implications about Airbnbs because, I mean, I have to myself, and I, I, you know, I actually have somewhat of a similar story to you two in terms of like deciding this is no longer for me, kind of the W2 lifestyle and making that huge shift. Right. And what really got me through and, and gave me this time to really kind of figure things out was the fact that I had a short term rental and then I wound up scaling. Right. So mm. I really think it's important to have different sources of income. I also think it's important for people that maybe have, haven't had opportunities to, you know, a lot of access to wealth, 
maybe don't come from wealthy families, I feel like real estate is a really important way, a really great way, a really uh, accessible way to be able to build generational wealth. But I understand the flip side and, and why sometimes real estate investors get a bad rep. So I would just yeah. love to hear, first of all, what some of your experiences have been with some of kind of the negative Nancys that have shown up on your social media. And also, if you have any, uh, if you've thought about any kind of ethical issues that comes up with short-term rentals yourself, if any of that has come up for you in terms of just how you feel about being an investor in the industry. Yeah, I would say we do get a lot of hate on TikTok. Um, the the most common like negative comment I'd say that we get is that we are the reason for the housing crisis. Uh, that is probably the most common <laughs> comment we get. And mm -hmm. I kind of feel torn yeah. like you do, you know, I, I, I do sympathize with people that are having a hard time buying and getting bid out or the, the, the prices are so crazy expensive now that they can't afford them. I totally understand that. And, and like you said, I mean, a lot of people don't even come from a background of wealth and owning assets and stuff like Tony and I were those people, you know, so right. we get mm -hmm. being in that pool of people. We understand, you know, that it isn't the best pool to be in, but we've also worked our butts off to be able to get into this other pool of people that are changing the trajectory of their lives and, and educating themselves and building generational wealth and, and acquiring assets. So I get torn with that question often at the same time in Joshua tree. Like I know the, the market has just shifted that that was a, a place for low income, um, housing and, you know, it was just a, a very affordable place. And now the prices are insane in Joshua tree because of how hot the short-term rental market is there. So I know there's been a lot of, even like our handyman, he's been kicked out of his house that he's lived in for the last 10 years oh. because they're selling that house, probably because the owner sees like how much it's worth now and how much they can get for selling it now, you know? Yeah. So I see firsthand how it's affecting the locals there. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, my handyman and his entire family, we are giving them, I, I think it's like 20 people, maybe a little bit more like full-time jobs with our short-term rental portfolio. Mm -hmm. What we give them, the work we give them with our short-term rentals in that same market is, is their livelihood, you know? Sure. And I, I know that so much for, for the locals and a lot of hot markets is, that's how they make their money is through short-term rentals. So, but at the same time, a lot of people are losing their houses because of short-term rentals. So it is totally a very tricky and touchy subject um, for both of those reasons and more, but just being mindful of these challenges and these different perspectives is very important. Um, don't come off as a uh, braggadocious investor and like, I don't care that I'm buying this house and that house because it is kind of sad that a lot of the locals are losing their places. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on, on all of that? Yeah. I mean, I think I'm still figuring it out. Um, yeah. but I think, you know, I want to kind of find that sweet spot, right? Because one of right. the things that I'm hoping to do is empower people, empower people that maybe traditionally haven't been in these spaces and, and really help people lift themselves up, right? Because you can't rely on a W-2 job, right? I mean, at the end of the day, at any point, you know, you can get written up, you can get let go, you may have to quit for whatever yeah. reason, you know, and so you need to make sure that you have other sources of income. And so I feel like, again, this is a really accessible way to build generational wealth. So I, I, you know, I, I understand both issues. And when you talked about essentially gentrification and people getting pushed out of their communities, that really hurts my heart. And it's not something that I can just kind of look away from. I feel like there has to be some kind of ethical middle ground. And that's what I'm going right. to continue to search so that people can continue to elevate their lifestyles and, and, you know, create wealth for themselves. There is nothing wrong with that, but at the same time, being mindful of the communities that they're totally. entering. So 
I think a lot of the the haters are also um, like uneducated. Like they see someone with a property and they automatically assume, you know, we were served with a, you know, a golden spoon our whole lives. And, you know, like it was handed down and it's like, what the, what, you know? So I would say if you are getting that hate from people on social media or friends and family are talking crap about it, I mean, like you just said, I mean, we're doing this for a reason to get different sources of, of income. It's, you know, so I would try to blur out the noise and don't get sucked into the negativity. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned, you know, we're doing this for creating diverse sources of income, right? Sarah Robinson, what is your why? Why do you do all of this? Why does this matter to you? Great question. And were you there when Tony said his why or no at the summit? I may not have been. I can't remember it. So. <laughs> you were breastfeeding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he, he has a very powerful why. And I feel like I need to take time to really identify what my why is. But if I could answer that now without giving it too much thought, I would say originally it my like my reason for wanting to not be tied to a W-2 job is for the freedom of time. But I feel like I need to bring it in and find a stronger why. But what growing up, my like I said, I come from a foreign household where my dad came from Iran and um, on a student visa and how to get kicked out of the country or um, start a business here to stay in America. So he mm-hmm. scrambled and started his own business and landed in the restaurant industry space. So And then my mom came and then was a server for her entire life at the same restaurant. And growing up, I saw both of my parents work their butts off literally every single day. They would miss like our award ceremonies, open houses, not because they weren't good parents, but because they had to work to provide for us. Mm -hmm. So I just saw the grind that my parents went through um, their entire lives to provide for us and provide a better life than what they had in their younger years. So I think I just want to make them proud, I think, and, and really provide for them the way that they provided for us. And, and all of their time was taken with their jobs, you know, and I want to provide for my family, my future family, but I don't want my time being taken away the way it was taken away from my parents. So that is why I think it's important for me now, or like when I initially got started, but I would say what keeps me like fired and fueled is meeting people like you or at the summit and people saying that us sharing our journey on a freaking YouTube video or Instagram video they saw inspired them to make a change in their lives for whatever reason. Like that is so crazy that us just sharing our personal experience in real estate investing is lighting a fire in other people's hearts. And I think that is what currently gets me motivated and is my why to keep sharing what we share on social media. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to our families, right? And our bringings, our experiences in life, right? And how they've moved us. That is absolutely gorgeous, Sarah. Thank you so much for being with me uh, and, and, and chatting with me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, before we get off, I would love to just ask, where can people find you, even though I kind of already know the answer, but I'd love for you to uh, let the folks know. And then also, if you want to talk about any of the upcoming events that you have or the, the Orlando Summit, which I'm so excited to go on or go to rather, please, please share. Yeah. So you guys can find me on Instagram at Sarah Rad. That's S-A-R-A-A-R-A-A-D. There's a lot of fake profiles out there. So don't get conned if they DM you saying hi and asking you to Venmo them money. That is not me. I would never ask you to do that. So watch out on YouTube. You can find us at the Real Estate Robinsons. TikTok at the Real Estate Robinsons. And yeah, um, like Lola said, our like big first conference just happened in September and it was such a beautiful experience. I think uh, someone told me one time something about my energy and he was like, your vibe attracts your tribe. And like you said, 
I think Tony and I just have a very genuine like presence about like who you guys see on social media is literally who we are in real life mm -hmm. um, as investors, as a couple, as friends. And I think we attract the same authenticity of people. So like you said, you were in all of the crowd that was at the summit. Uh, we go to a ton of conferences ourselves too. And yeah. Ours stood out to us too, because like you said, of the people that were there. So mm -hmm. if you guys are interested in surrounding yourselves with go-getters, authentic, genuine people looking to make genuine connections and friends in the real estate space, a great way to do that is to attend real estate conferences that, that has done so much for me in my personal life, um, is to attend in person and lucky for you guys, we got one coming up again in January 20th through the 22nd in Orlando, Florida. It is the STR summit. You can find out more information on that, uh, conference at strsummit.com. Well, Sarah, I'm so excited to go and I'm so excited to see you all again. Yeah. And, uh, again, thanks for being a guest on the podcast and for just being a per again for personal inspiration for me and so many others. There's space for everybody here. We can get in this space yeah. and we can be successful. So, sending you lots of love um, and you. gratitude. So, thanks again. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for being an inspiration to me and all the other mommies out there. Thank you for joining me today. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. As many of you know, I'm technically an attorney and forever advocate that does speaking engagements and coaching when not podcasting and being a mama to my amazing daughters. Nothing in my podcasts, however, is ever to be construed as legal advice. These are for educational and enjoyment purposes only. Anywho, if you'd like to follow me in real time or get access to my free future world meditation, follow me on Instagram at Lola Sophia Bovell. That's L-O-L-A-S-O-P-H-I-A-B as in boy, O-V as in Victor, E-L-L. -L. Thanks and have a great day. See you next time.